Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Arsaholics. As always, thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Myers. Um, so, just want to quickly say, you know, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy our content, please support the channel by hitting the thumbs up button and, and sharing the Arsaholics with any other Arsenal fans or any other football fans that you think would be interested in listening to us. Uh, so we've just finished the game, or the game's just finished. Arsenal won, Slavia Prague won in the first leg of the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Um, extremely frustrating night, pretty poor performance, really. A night of um, missed chances, I guess. Uh, and in the end, there was that killer blow from Prague that, um, uh, for those of you who watched the game, would have probably sensed it was coming. Um, they had their moments through the game, and we rode our luck a little bit. Um, so, boys, sort of initial reactions, really, on the back of that result. Where do you start, man? Um, I, it's almost a bit like the Liverpool game, where I'm more annoyed with the performance than I am with the actual scoreline. Like, 1-1, one, one, it's not ideal. They've got the away goal, but in terms of the context of the tie, I still fancy us to go through. But it's the way we played today, the way the game developed, the way the tactics developed and how we conceded that equaliser that really annoys me. Yeah, I'm annoyed at both, to be honest. <laughs> the result and the performance. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, the only thing is, I suppose on reflection, if you if you take the emotion away, we had uh, we actually ended up having quite a lot of quite good chances. And, you know, hitting the woodwork a couple of times and, and just fluffing a number of chances we should have scored. Like, in retrospect, it kind of feels like even though the performance was crap, I, I agree the performance was crap, we had enough chances to win the game. And it's just really annoying to see us play another game where we miss rude chances. Yeah, miss, miss chances. Rue miss chances, Defense. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got you, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we miss chances, but then also defensive errors, right? It just It's always the same formula, like... We, we play okay, um, we miss loads of chances, we don't take our chances, and then we just do something stupid. Um, sometimes it happens at the start of the game, but today it happened right at the end of the game. But it's just, you know, one step forward, two steps back every single game. Absolutely. Yeah, go on, Raj. No, mate, uh, it's just... It's exactly that. It feels like we almost... I feel like with this game, I'd accepted that at some point they're going to have a, a number of good chances and we probably have to assume they're going to score. And I think we all assumed that we would concede today um, in our predictions. It's it's just feels really... there's a, it, when, when you look at the game, and you, th there's just so many things that you can point to, but I feel like fundamentally the result does impact how you reflect on a game. It does. Mm. And because we because it is 1-1, one, one, we're going to reflect on a lot of negative things. And rightfully so, there were lots and lots of negative things. But I still think at this level, and this has been happening all season, there are so many chances which we just don't put away, which are easy. And there were so many easy chances today. Um, and I say easy, I mean at this level easy. I don't mean open goal easy. It's still at this level easy chances where if you put those away, you reflect on the game in a very different way. 
you know, we could have easily won 3-0 with the the same performance that we showed today. And then you reflect on the performance, you go, actually, to be honest, like, was it actually that bad at all? Um, So that's just what's frustrating for me, that we just keep on giving ourselves reasons to get really annoyed at the things that haven't gone well by just not doing the basic things that we should be doing right. So do you think do you think we played well today? No, not necessarily, no. But I think that it doesn't really matter like when it comes to getting results and that's what we don't we don't get results when we're not playing well and other teams get results when they're not playing yeah. well. And I, I think yeah. of like the one team that plays I hate to say it, one team that has mastered the season not playing well and getting results as Man United and they won today. I had no idea how they played, but we're like the complete opposite. Sometimes we play well. Well, to be fair, sometimes we don't play well either, but we often are very guilty of playing well and just finding ways to not win games through defensive errors or just not finishing, where we just need to learn to get results, especially at this time of the season where performances don't really matter. Um, it's about, you know, the performance you can excuse if you get a result at the end of it. If, for example, if this game finishes 1-0, we probably think, oh, well, we got away with that. Let's just get through the tie. Um, it's too late in the season now to start thinking about how do we build something. It's about now is the time you reap the rewards of the hard work of things that you've built throughout the season. The problem is we haven't built anything throughout the season. We've gone through, we started our season in January, basically, because we spent four months just figuring out um, who to play and the realizing that our senior players weren't that good enough. And then today we end up playing some of those same senior players and they let us down. Yeah, there is that whole dying on the sword thing, right? Like it, the one thing with Arteta that seems to just—it's a bit of a contradiction. It feels like he's willing to take a stand on some, and in the same way, like he, he'll apply a different rule to someone else. And today, again, with with the kind of selection of of Willian, and he, Willian, I don't think necessarily played that badly, but you know, I think he's he's held really? over account. Well, I don't think he played that badly. Like, I don't think he was. It was like a terrible performance. It wasn't like as bad as some of the performances that I think we've seen William put in previously. But I, don't, but I guess the point I was going to make is, I don't. I, I still don't think that he should be picked over some of the other players that were available. Like, I think Martinelli should have started. I think most of Arsenal Twitter, like, it, it probably felt that way. Um, and I generally tend to back managers in times like this because i sort of think okay they know more about football than than we do but at the same time you know it, it just it felt very frustrating that it feels like there are things that he seemingly has to keep learning about this team that everyone else seems to look at and go mate could you not have seen that earlier um although he seems to be an incredibly intelligent guy and so it, it just it's there's a lot of contradictions and a lot of frustrations that make it really hard for me personally anyway to actually figure out where we're going wrong <laughs> you know is it the manager is it tactics is it players i don't know it's just getting very frustrating i mean I think even yeah god i got my no i was just sorry i was just gonna say i mean even i i questioned the selection um when the team came out, I not, so, not, so, not so much questioned it, but I was, you know, obviously you're wondering where Aubameyang was thinking maybe Martinelli should have started, as you say. Um, but you kind of go with it because like you say there, Saka's back, ESR's back, William and um, Lacazette are experienced players and you'd like to think that they can put in a performance against a kind of lower quality opposition that 
you know, Prague are um, in a competition that, you know, at this stage, even at the quarterfinal stage, we should still be dominating this, this, this game, you know, at home. Um, I, I, I guess I was just going to, I was just going to start talking about um, the fact that, our t- like you said, and I, we were saying it in our chat during the game, that, the first half wasn't particularly great. That Saka chance aside, I don't remember there being too many other chances. It sort of, sort of seemed to open up a bit more in the second. And even at half time, we were having a debate about what should he change. And I was saying, um, you know, you put um, Abamyang and Martinelli kind of running behind the, their back line and playing off the last defender. It creates a whole different uh, problem for their defence as opposed to Lacazette and William, who are, don't really offer you that. And it took him until the sort of 75th, was it, minute? Well, I think Marcelli came on a bit earlier, but then he made that yeah. triple substitution. It took him a long time. And I think it's just adding to what you were saying about uh, that Arteta's kind of decision-making, especially when it comes to his subs and team selection and subs, it is a bit baffling at times. It is a bit strange and like we can see it. And you saw the impact that these guys came on uh sorry the impact that these guys had when they came on you know the intensity completely changed the the pattern of the game completely changed you know we were all over them there was you know quick passing um it was literally within the first few seconds or 60 seconds of these guys coming on um on the right hand side ESR Pepe Aubameyang interchange and the ball comes out to Aubameyang and he probably should score it's a good chance so yeah I, I was just kind of adding to what you were saying Raj about questions to be answered really for me on Arteta and what his thinking is behind some of the decisions he's making at the moment. I think it's just, it's just far too cautious. He's always so worried about the opposition sometimes that he hasn't really allowed us to develop our own style of play and play to our strengths. And, you know, it is quite baffling, but I reckon the reason he, he went with the team he did, and this is pure guesswork, but I reckon he looked at Saturday against Liverpool and, like clearly playing Lacazette and Aubameyang together doesn't work. So you have to pick one. Then Erdegaard is out. So automatically you need someone on that left-hand side. And I think he thought, well, Aubameyang didn't do a great job on that left-hand side. I want to go with someone with a bit more technical security who can track back, do a defensive job, um, especially given that our left-back was a deputy in Cedric. And, and I just think... It it's a nice idea, but it just relies on the the way that you've def- decided that is by going. Your solution there is Willian, and Willian just has proven so many times that yeah, he might give you a little bit of you know technical security over a Bamiyang, and he might track back a little bit more, but he just offers nothing going forward in terms of offensive play, technical like the ability to beat a, a man or play a, a decent pass, and. Again, with Lacazette, it's, it's a safe but conservative option. You know what you're going to get. It'll be okay. It might work if he can play a through ball to Saka. And it almost did work sometimes. But when that doesn't work, you're left with almost nothing else. But like you said, Mize, with players like Pepe, players like Bamiyang, players like Martinelli, they have the ability to like just cause chaos. And when you cause chaos, anything can happen. Um, and I just don't think he likes that chaos. He likes everything to be structured to go according to the plan. It's interesting because he, he's, there's, there's, I think with managers generally, there's like what they say and what they do. And with Arteta, what I've come to realise is those can be two very, very different things. 
And when he, in his interview, it was interesting, when he was asked to explain the team selection, he basically said, look, the Europa League gives us the opportunity to make five subs. So we know we can change the game in many ways and we select our team in accordance with that. That's what he said. And to, to me, based on just what he said, it means that I'm willing to be proactive throughout this game with substitutions because I've got five. I can do lots of different things. In reality, in terms of what actually happened, it's basically like you were describing, Aaron, where effectively, he, it, to me, it looked like he said, I'm going to just be very robust. I'm not going to really go that crazy. I'm going to try and make sure that I don't concede. I'm not going to really go for it. And then at a later stage in the game, when hopefully they're tired, I'm going to like really throw a curveball in. I'm going to bring fast players on and and I'm going to cause the madness. And it, it felt Is like, that a bad plan? I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad plan. I don't necessarily think it's a bad plan, but I don't think that it's, so again, it's like what he says and what he does. And I think, therefore, what, what he did was that. It was fairly, uh, he waited, 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 waited to make those subs. And they were almost, it looked almost like pre-planned sub, maybe Partey for all, and then he wasn't pre-planned. Um, but, you know, otherwise, I think bringing on Pepe and Ober and changing up the attacking players later, bringing on that pace may have been pre-planned. And Martinelli, sorry, you know, also came coming on later. Maybe that was pre-planned. Um, and maybe it's not a bad tactic, but at the same time, I do think he's paid Prague a lot of respect there. And he said, this is my best way of getting a result, as opposed to saying, why can't I just go at these guys? And why can't I just back us to score a lot more than they do? And you know, back our defenders to maybe keep a clean sheet. Like I, I know it's kind of it's it's kind of romanticizing over the Wenger days, and obviously there's a lots of things about the Wenger days that were frustrating. But Arsene Wenger would put a team out against Prague to say, "Go and batter this team," like just yeah. go and bat- batter the team. And we we usually would batter the team, and yeah. um, and that's today was a real annoyance of saying, "Have we just overthought this? Like why couldn't we have just gone out and been expressive?" Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just touching on kind of incidents through the game, I guess we, I mentioned the Saka chance. I mean, awful really, wasn't it? I know you were saying Raj, sorry, the, there's been a few of those from Saka in recent games. I think it was, was it the West Ham game? You missed like a couple of really good chances. Yeah, I think think so. So there's a couple that I can think of from exactly that position. Um, one was Mm -hmm. the Wolves game right at the beginning. Do you remember where he hit the post, I think, or, and it was a very, it was coming from that same right-hand side and, um, it was almost like in the first few minutes and then against Burnley, exactly the same. I think this, at this point it was still nil, nil. And it was, he was like really like literally in front of the keeper and he kind of like did he kind of like flat footed it and it went kind of wide of the post and it's exactly the same the same angle and he's done the same thing and it's it's quite frustrating because we know what a great player he is and and i think that mm. the positive thing about that is he's always getting himself in, himself in that position which is really impressive but for someone as good as he is with as good as left foot as he has like he's got to finish those <laughs> yeah you have you have to yeah no excuses right but i think we all probably agree that, like, A, we know it's not really a, a major concern. Well, obviously, if he keeps missing chances, it will be a major concern. But I don't really worry that it's going to become a a major thing. And, like, with any young player, you get these inconsistencies where their game isn't perfect. The Saka's finishing isn't yet perfect, but I'm sure it, it will get there. Um, but, obviously, you do expect your senior striker, when put clean through on goal, on a one-on-one, <laughs> yeah. to not need space to develop and just smash it in. 
and he never looked there, man. He never it was looked weird, wasn't like it? it? Yeah, go on, Mize. No, I was probably going to say the same thing as what you're going to say, Raj. It was just really weird because he did what he did to win the ball back was a mate was quality, right? You know, really, really good pressing. And even when he was running through on goal, it's like he was doing it in slow motion. It was really weird. I like that, maybe that's just how fast he runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really thought the defender was going to catch him. Like if that's Martinelli or Pepe or Saka going through on goal, they're they're gone, right? He was he was yeah. ambling towards goal. It was probably the and best looking way. around. And looking around. Yeah, yeah, because he's worried. He knows. He knows. Was it that? Was he wondering he's going to get caught up by their defender? I don't know. But yeah, it was such a weird, like even, so he's got into the position where he's about to shoot, but he still didn't seem like he was set because it was almost like a, he's opening his body up at the last possible moment. And then he's just trying to this like clip, clip kind of dink shot. I mean, I don't know why, why, you know, just, you know, normally what a striker does in that position is they, they give the keeper the eyes maybe pretend to go one way, go the other, or, you know, just slightly, it wasn't, it wasn't a difficult chance, was it? And he made such a meal of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you can say really about it. It's, it's awful, especially considering he's what a 40, 50 million pound striker for, for what we're supposed to be a, you know, a big club and not the kind of chances that you should be missing. It looked like when a center back goes through on goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when they just get there and you're like, they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, and that's sort unless, of what. Unless it you're Tony Adams, Tony Adams. I was just thinking that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. Like okay, in a if I'm being nice to him, then there are times when strikers get in those situations where they've had so they've got so much time, it's almost detrimental. And Ober did that like a few games ago. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, like, he had, Europa League. Yeah. yeah, maybe, and he had a similar one where it was just maybe too much time. But that being said, like Laka. Because Martin Keown, you know, Martin Keown, Martin Keown, um, he, he he made some kind of point which where's the effect of, you know, that's a chance Lacazette scores all the time or whatever. But actually, Lacazette isn't really that striker who goes one on one with the keeper and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like anyway, so again, like you know, maybe he was it's just something he hasn't done in a while. I, I don't know, but it was it was it was very very poor. Um, and I think in between uh, kind of our chances, that lacquer one, I think there was another one where he gets to the ball at the far post from a cross from Saka and he's stretching. It's not a bad chance. In between those chances, like I was saying right at the start, um, Prague opened us up a couple of times and had their chances. There was one where Leno had to save with his legs. I think it was deflected shot off Bellerin. It's decent save. So we were always running that risk of um, of conceding. We never really looked that comfortable, to be fair. Um, but yeah, we were talking about the subs uh, that Arteta did make uh, eventually. And obviously they had a massive impact. And the goal that we we did score, a few minutes to go, really, really good goal, actually. I was extremely impressed with, with Pe- well, Bamiang and Pepe, but I think Pepe especially is really, um, sort of, I was going to say world-class. It's kind of what I said to you guys was, it's this is, I think that's what Pepe is very, 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 very good at. You know, space in behind, and I think when the ball, the ball that pl- that's played through from Aubameyang, it's a decent ball. It's a good ball, but I think he only needs two touches. One, t- the first touch is perfect because he pushes it in front of him and gives him enough space to run onto the ball. And then the second touch is a dink to finish it. Um, and you know, it's the kind of thing we're hoping to see more of uh, from him. He doesn't really get those opportunities in the Premier League because I guess we don't get him behind defenses that often. But um, yeah, it was a good. It was a good goal, wasn't it? From from our perspective. Yeah, um, from you know both the perspective of you know Aubameyang's link-up play, which I think has been missing for some time, and mm. 
Um, and yeah, the, pe- the I mean, the finish was it was excellent, really. And it was it was in that position where you know Saka's been missing a few, and I think it was kind of like a this is how it's done type moment. Um, and it's what you expect of a player of you know that that alleged quality, <laughs> you know, mm. and it's the the quality that we we need to see more often. Um, but you know, in some ways, you could argue that it was almost the most difficult all-round opportunity of the various ones that we've listed, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was just, I mean, it was obviously when, when you get the goal and you're a goal up, and at that point it's, it was really weird because the emotion that I felt was, okay, fine, we haven't played very well, but if we finish the game 1-0, that's a good mm. result at home Perfect. in a, yeah. in a knockout game. Really, it's it? a good, yeah. It is. It is a good result. It wasn't the easiest of games, was it? We we kind of came into the game. I think three of three out of the four of us predicted a win, albeit a win while conceding. So one nil would have, it would have actually been a a pretty good result, really. Um, yeah, Aaron, were you going to say something there? Or? No, I I think one nil is fine. It's a good result. I didn't think. Yeah. I I just thought I thought Prague were pretty rubbish, to be honest. Mm. Like maybe we overhyped them because they beat Leicester and they beat Rangers, but. Honestly, I think uh, if they play any other team in the Premier League, that they gave that performance against any other team in the top 10 of the Premier League, they lose 3 or 4-0. Um, I just thought we let them off hugely. Um, and yeah, that, that's my biggest annoyance is we were expecting like this really like slick football. Not, not slick football inside, but tight, cohesive unit. I thought the defence was pretty rubbish. I don't think they defended well. I yeah they had a few chances but I don't think they really troubled us like as a team they you know they got through mm. because we switched off yeah. a few times um but yeah like somehow they're walking away with um maybe not an advantage but certainly leaving in a very favorable position yeah so on their goal into injury time I think it was um so they actually almost scored just before they do score. So I can't remember exactly how this even sort of transpires, but their player ends up having this kind of a bit of a pot shot from uh, a quite a difficult angle. And he almost catches Leno out, Leno out, but it's a really, really good save from Leno, isn't it? Um, well, it's, it's a good save from Leno. I think it's a save you'd expect him to make, but it's a, it's a decent save. And then you'll have to remind me guys. So I know that he saves it, it comes off the crossbar. Does it? And then well, how does, how, I can't remember how we end up giving the ball away from from there so for them to then score i i think before that i was generally just pretty annoyed at how as soon as we scored we just decided to sit back and let them come on to us for the last like five or six well, minutes we brought sabios on and we probably and, should have gone and got a second really because we were playing well the, but i mean this is the other thing that sorry to cut i was gonna say the other thing i said it in the in our chat as well the other thing that really annoyed me is they were celebrating the goal like we'd just gone three or four up you know, we had a, we had about another four or five minutes to go, plus added on time, and yeah. there was no urgency at all. You know, from any of them to like, there was no one there saying like Jack wasn't doing it, no one was doing it. Bellerin, you know, say come and let's get the ball, put the ball back down, and let's let's go again, let's get the second. You know, try and kill off the tie, basically, or you know, as as close as we can do, can can get to doing that. Um, they were celebrating it like it was a comfortable win. That was I, I was so annoyed about that because it just it just shows the attitude of this of this team, this this club at the moment, I think, in general. But yeah, it yeah. ties into what you were saying about us sitting back. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we just sat back and we were we were on top, right? We were playing well, we were creating chances, but then we we brought Sabios on for Smith Rowe, I believe. And no, I don't think Sabios was to blame in any of this, but <laughs> like after we scored, like we um 
we just thought, yeah, maybe it's what you said, Wise. They maybe they thought it was job done, um, but mm. then we let them on, and they they decided to have a go, and they could have scored with that shot. And I think Leno almost Leno should have probably done better to actually push it away, but he actually pushes it onto the crossbar, and it comes back out, and I think we build up possession from there, and then Cedric has the ball from a goal kick. Um, maybe it's not from a goal kick. Cedric has the ball. And he plays it to Gabriel, um, who I initially thought was under pressure, but he wasn't under any pressure whatsoever. Mm. And um, yeah, the ball just goes out of play for a corner, I think. Straight it's a, it takes it's a ter- bad, terrible touch. Bad first touch. Yeah, yeah. It's a really bad first touch from Gabriel. That's, that's what causes the problem for him, his, his touch. Yeah, just, I think I thought- say he has nothing else to do. He, he has no other option but to smash it out for a throw-in. Yeah, because Gabriel's reaction... It looked like he was having a go at Cedric for it, and I initially thought, "Oh, well, why did you play it to him?" But, but it wasn't. It this was is perfect. this is the thing with Cedric. As a, sorry, I was going to say, this is the thing, right? He's not left-footed, so he's always. And I said, said it to you, right, when we were talking about ESR wasn't getting in the game in the first half, and obviously he's playing down that left-hand side it's because there's no na- Cedric naturally isn't going to play on his left. He's not going to take a pass on his left foot or play a pass on his left foot. So he's always going to come back in, play it inside on his right. So. As much as Gabriel might have been annoyed about it, I don't think you can put any fault down to to Cedric for that one. It's no. you know, pa- pass was easy enough to do something with, even yeah. if it's hoof it down the pitch and you know clear your lines and reorganize and push up sort of thing. Yeah, especially when that's a good point, right? Because you've got Gabriel who's left footed, right? And if he's passing outwards, he's only going to be able to pass it to Cedric if he's a facing backwards and taking on his mm. right, or he's going to mm. on the inside of his right foot. So it's just. It wasn't ideal, but even then, come on, Gabriel should be doing way better with that pass. It was a straightforward yeah. pass. He took a terrible touch, and yeah, they. I, I think there. it's that classic reaction of you know when I think you know you messed up, and then you just immediately yeah. want to blame someone else. But even then, from a corner, just you know, like players make mistakes. Players put balls out for corners. Just don't concede from the corner. Like defend properly. They they shit themselves, didn't they? Really, it's pretty much what happened, right? Yeah. They, yeah. You know. Um, did you? I, I I was I watched the goal. Yeah, their goal back a couple of times. I did think. Um, I mean, I, I don't put any fault on Pepe for that. I don't. I don't know if anyone has. Like, I haven't checked Twitter and stuff. He seems to sort of just not know what to do. It comes out of no. But then I did feel like Cedric at the back post could have done a bit more. He seems to just get out muscled by whoever it is that scores. Is it Holes? Holes? <laughs> whatever his name is. Um, he seems to kind of get out muscle. Basically, one player wants to wants to get there more than the other. Um, mm. And once the ball gets over to him, Cedric's like nowhere near it. Really, he's just trying to put the put the guy off. But that was a bit disappointing, really. But yeah. I think as a collective, it was just quite disappointing because it felt like they had all they almost all felt like okay, look, the whistle's going to blow. Like, let me just not do anything stupid here, and no one necessarily you know, wanted to took take charge. control of that. It took charge, exactly. And that, that's what it smelt like a little bit to me. Um, and and it, it, it's just not how you approach things. It's just not professional. And someone just, not someone, but, you know, they as a collective, they just needed to do better. And it was, it was what was annoying was actually, I thought the back four overall in the game did a decent job. In fact, I think they did a decent job because the central midfielders were 
the distribution was awful today. Yeah, you know, Partey and Jacker. Partey was Partey especially. Yeah, Partey especially. Yeah. He had a bad game. Just stunk yeah. the place out. Like he just absolutely stunk the place out. And he was just constantly putting us into difficult positions. He was he was losing the ball, whether that's like through a misplaced pass or through miscontrol. And constantly, therefore, the back ball was being exposed. And I think overall, actually, they did a good job until the last five minutes where it felt like everything just went to pot a little bit. And um, and and Gabriel, like, you know, yes, okay, I, I, you know, not to go over it again, but, you know, he should be doing better in that situation. And then when it's a corner, you know, they all collectively, I think, should just be in a situation where they're saying there is no way we are conceding this. Like, there was no way. But that just didn't happen. Um yeah, like just very disappointing because you could you could tell from you could tell from like you know from, from my you know I guess I guess your point on being annoyed at their celebration etc. I don't mind that so much that they kind of got in a situation where we scored finally and they probably felt you know what one nil clean sheet fine let's just see this out at that stage in the game I don't mind that element but you need leaders in that final kind of little period to then just make sure that you do not screw it up and it just felt that we were waiting for the final whistle as opposed to you know really taking charge mm. I guess yeah that's a fair point I mean I guess with no David Luiz no Kieran Tierney as well you're taking you've taken a couple of the leaders are, are not on the pitch at that point as well or what you might mm. the guys that you probably look as look at as leaders in, on, in our team along with the likes of Granit Xhaka yeah um, it's a frustrating result uh, it is only half time. Uh, we have the ability to go there and get away goals. We're going to have to do that now. Um, I guess this kind of leads nicely onto our game at the weekend because we obviously haven't got the buffer that we would have wanted to in the first leg. Um, that second leg is now huge. Arteta probably can't afford to risk any kind of 50-50 players or any players that are carrying a bit of a niggle in the game against Sheffield United. Um, so how do you how do you think he's going to approach the league game now um, with Prague on the horizon, knowing that we're going to need a big performance and a big result on Thursday in a week's time? Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky one. I We've discussed this before, but I think it, it will have to be a mix, right? Anyone who is 50-50... You don't play. That's obvious and fair, right? So if Saka's still carrying a knock or if Smith Rowe's not fully fit, then don't play them. But we do need to just find some some form or just like start to figure out a, a system that we like. We need to stop this, you know, chopping and changing of like figuring out who our main striker is, how we actually build up. Um and some because we do have a nice run of league games now. So you know, regardless of what happens in Europe, we can't, you know, it will be ridiculous if we started just losing every single league game anyway. So we do have to still play to get points. Thankfully, I don't think Sheffield United are very good, but, you know, we will find a way to make it difficult. I think the difficult thing is, is that Arteta's not, we're so far into the season, yet he's still got so many question marks at this point as to what his best team is. And, going forward you know we when we played Liverpool fine we all agreed it was a terrible performance but one of the things we sort of were saying was oh okay well Saka didn't play and ESR didn't play and and if they had played it would have been better and you know we said Ober and Pepe and and, and you know Laka that's 
theory kind of, you know, there's a lot of backup players there in the, you know, but today, and I know Saka's coming back from injury. It's not a big injury though. It wasn't, didn't keep him out for ages. And Pepe came on as a sub and was much better than, than Saka in my opinion. And I'm not, I'm not I saying that's Pepe's, harsh, right? Yeah. Like, well, I don't, I don't know, Aaron, because the, to be honest, like I know that Saka was our, probably our best player for the period of the game prior to, you know him going off like he probably was our best but that wasn't saying much like that wasn't really saying that much at all and at that level whether you're 19 like we can talk about him as an individual and say yes let's accept the fact that he is 19 and he's not going to be perfect and like he'll be that that's cool that's fine but when you're talking about all right the best team that you put on a pitch you kind of have to forget all that and you just have expectations of the team as a unit and the fact of the matter is he, as an individual, got into positions where he should be doing better and he didn't. And at this level, you should be. And then Pepe came on and was much more impactful. The, the, what, the, the output that he was providing in that period of time, and maybe it's a case that, you know, Prague were knackered and that helped. Yeah, like, f- fair enough, fair enough. But I guess the point I was going with all this is that ultimately, like, Pepe, you know, given what he's just done now, does Arteta now think, oh, actually... Maybe I should be playing Pepe on Sunday or, or or actually, you know, maybe I need to play Saka into form or, or or actually, you know, who is the player basically that he needs to protect or who 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 is the front four that he thinks is going to be his best side for Prague, you know, in the away leg. And I don't think he knows that. So I don't think that his selection against Sheffield United is going to be that straightforward. I, I almost think like he's, he, he's almost just got to say, well, whatever I do, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Like, you know, whatever I do is going to be the right decision. Whatever I do is going to be the wrong decision. But surely, like, to go back to your point of he doesn't know who his best front four are, surely he knows that Saka, Smithrow and Odegaard are in that, are three of those mm. I don't think there's any doubt about that, right? The only question is, who plays alongside them up front to get the best out of those three and add to those three? And I think... It's fairly clear that it's a Bamiyang, but for some reason, the manager seems to have doubts about it. Um, and the question is, why does he have those doubts? Why, why does he have doubts about a Bamiyang playing up front when based on a game where he's played on the left against Liverpool? Why does he have doubts about, um, you know, why does he bring in William for all of a sudden to fix that problem? So, I think, you know, I think sometimes I think he makes it harder for himself. I think it's very clear that we played our best football with the Bamiyang up top and those three behind him. Yeah, Odegaard wasn't playing today, so he did have to tinker a bit. But, you know, stick to that basic principle. You've got a Bamiyang fit. You've got um, Smithrow. You've got Saka. Play them and then just figure out a different alternative to compensate for the missing players. But do you think even in the case of ESO, so look, I agree, if you were to ask me who I think our best front four is, then I'd say, I think exactly the same front four that you've effectively mentioned there. I think I would say that. But I don't think it's that obvious to the point where I don't think all those four players have cemented their place per se. And the other players who are waiting are very, very comfortably their number twos. Uh, And I say that purely by the fact of where we are in the league and, and our output at the moment even, right? Like we couldn't be... Prague today and we really really should have and ESR and Saka are in my starting lineup but both those players they didn't do anything today like they, they didn't 
yeah you know it was it was only after those other plays came on that we actually ended up scoring as i said so so again like does arteta have legitimate question marks in his head at this point going do i just need to keep playing form players now is it is it all all, all about form and therefore do i do i look at pepe and do i think pepe's got the best chance of of getting me a win against um but who is in form no one's in form yeah, but you could argue on the last 15 minutes that like even purely just based on that 15 minutes, you could say Aubameyang yeah. and Pepe, you know, are, you know, are, are playing better than whether it be Laka, Laka and Saka. I, I, I don't know. And you could maybe say, is Saka fit? I don't know. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like, so I, I, I don't think it's that obvious. Like, I, I don't think, I, I, I guess the benefit he has is that, you know, he's got a game against Sheffield United and, the league doesn't matter too much to us anymore. Let's be honest, and um, and maybe he can, like, just try and go and play some players into form and 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 whatever. But I think he's going to have to look at the Prague away leg in a much smarter way. I think, and he's going to have to if he if we can't just go there and assume that we can control the game and then nick a goal like he can't do that like so this tactic that he's played today it can't be the tactic when we go there so he's gonna have to figure out what tactic is gonna work and what his best players are that are gonna you know kind of execute against that yeah well maybe the scoreline actually helps right because we have to go there and score and in all honesty we will probably need more than one um and if we score two then they'll need to score three right so I think it helps that we will need to go there knowing we most likely will need to score two goals to go through. And that gives us a bit of onus to play our most attacking lineup and try and score and not worry too much about what they do. He doesn't seem to like to do that, though, does he? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. But he's going to have to. Honestly, if I'm if I'm going to put a bet down now, I don't think he still would. I still think he will approach that game and think, do you know what? I'm going to try and control this game and win one nil, or like you know, win by a small margin. I I think that we haven't we haven't kept a clean sheet in like 14 games or something, right? I just mm. I mean I, I'm just saying, as in, it would make absolutely no sense to try. I know. To, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't think that's how he wants how, how what his vision for us is and I think he's just more he's more committed to executing against how he thinks that he wants us to play going forward and who he wants us to be and so I I I I just can't can you recall a game can you recall you know unless he basically says listen guys do what you did against West Ham in the second half I don't know you know like but yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to have to be something different. I think we all agree he can't just do the same thing. Yeah, the worry is they haven't lost a home game all season, right? So, um, in any competition. And I think they're allowed fans as well, aren't they? Apparently, yeah. I think they've got at least a small oh, really? fans. Yeah, small, yeah. Mm, interesting to know that. Okay, well, yeah, before we have to worry about what's going to happen next week we've got yeah Sheffield United on Sunday um bit of a weird one really because we haven't talked about the game too much and how we think it's going to go but um I'll get your predictions guys on what result you think we will get um Aaron and well I predicted we'd win this one for one so um 
not sure what my predictions are worth, but ah, uh, we're away from home, aren't we? Um, yeah. I'm going to stop being optimistic and I will go for a 1-1 draw. Yeah. Um, can I be really boring and say the same thing? I, I actually agree with that. I can't. We've put two bad performances in a row. I think although we created, still end up having a lot of chances today, I don't think we'll do that against a Premier League opposition. Um, like I, yeah, and I, I, I think maybe 1-1. One, one. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a draw as well. I was going to say 0-0. Nil, nil. Um, I think, yeah, I just think it's going to be a bit of a crap. How we have honest. fallen, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're going to be thinking about, naturally, they're going to be thinking about Thursday. And um, yeah, the league's gone, hasn't it, really? So uh, yeah, don't think it's going to be a particularly good game. And I think it's going to be all about Thursday next week in Prague. But all right, guys. Indeed, yeah. All right, well, good chat. Um, And we will catch everyone again following the Sheffield United game on Sunday. So thanks again for tuning in. And... See you next time. Bye. See you, boys. See ya. Bye.